Welcome to the E-Success Methods Podcast with Jacob and Aaron, your weekly dose of tips and tricks to achieve excellent performance in your business and career. Join us as we explore deeper into the practical world of Lean, Six Sigma, project management, and design thinking. In this episode number 197, CX for the Job Seeker Part 3, we say tally no to the canned rejection letter, and yes to the more personal touch. If you're just tuning in for the first time, find all our back episodes on a podcast table of contents at esuccess-methods.com. If you like this episode, be sure to click the like link in the show notes. It's easy. Just tap our logo, click, and you're done. Tap, click, done. Here we go. As a hiring manager, I've read lots of resumes. Most are bad. Very seldom do I see one that sticks out from the rest to showcase their value and abilities. Are you not getting the callbacks you expect from your resume? Are you a perfect fit for a job but can't make it past the recruiter's first cut? I was in this place too until I learned my resume was all wrong. Resume advice comes in all shapes and sizes, but none can compete with the fact that you only have a few seconds to impress a recruiter or hiring manager, which will dictate whether or not they will even read your resume. If you are not getting the callbacks you deserve, it may be because of your resume. That's why we're kicking off the eSuccess Pro Career Program on how to reformat your resume so they will continue reading it, and it will stick out above the rest. Dear Applicant, we appreciate you taking the time to express your interest in Open Position. We carefully reviewed your information, and we have decided to pursue other applicants who more closely match the requirements slash preferences for the position. Thank you for your interest. While you are not selected for this position, we encourage you to apply again in the future for openings that match your qualifications. We wish you good luck in your future endeavors. Sincerely, Talent Management. Yeah, this is a type of rejection letter that my friend, my friend, recently received after going through several rounds of interviews. And just to give you sort of a flavor of the depth of the interviews, it started with a screening call uh, with the assistant recruiter. That went well, and it led to a screening call with the lead recruiter, which we talked about salary. I mean, my friend uh, talked about salary requirements and expectations and what they're looking for for the position, what I, they, he is looking for the position. (laughs) Uh, Then they went into a phone interview with the hiring manager while he was on a road trip with his children, and it was a great experience. It uh, all very up-moving idea and kept going on. And then it led into a a full two-day interview cycle at two different facilities in two different states and uh, having met with all the executives throughout the entire uh, company, not not the most senior executives, but the second-tier executives in uh, human resources, marketing, operations, manufacturing, quality, anybody who really mattered that I would... uh, my friend would be dealing with on a regular basis or reporting through a kind of a peer network met with all of them. Everybody was really impressed with uh, how things were going, the background and everything. And then there were follow-up emails with the lead recruiter just to verify timing. And, um, and then that an automated rejection letter sent by some talent, some talent management system. And that's, that's, there's a reason for this one. This is, I don't know how I could do it, but tally no part three rejection, how not to reject somebody. That is it. If you've gone that distance, 
you've met with all the people, you've met with the hiring manager, they all give you the, the cards and they say, call me at any time. That is not how you should receive your rejection. Uh, and to top it off, even made some inquiries about some reimbursement because it was significant travel and you know, it took a lot of time. My friend took a lot of time off of work and um, it kind of was short shorted uh, some of the reimbursement. When asked about what the reimbursement policy was for mileage, uh, there was no answer. They just stopped responding. So this is not what I consider to be a professional organization. Now, truth be told, I could tell that it wasn't quite very professional when I was there based on some of their human resource policies uh, and some of the experience that I had going through that. It seemed mm, not really all there, not well put together. And I probably would have uh, rejected an offer if an offer had come. I mean, my friend, yeah, would have rejected an offer if an offer had come because their um, benefits package was really subpar. But anyway, um, to be uh, it just as a matter of practice to to get to that level and that depth, I think it was really unprofessional to receive a, a rejection letter automated. And in such a manner. So all in all, if I if another job opened with this company, I would not reapply. I would actually just get a poor impression. The minute I saw it, I'd, I'd scroll right by and say, I'd say, forget those people. I would not reapply. And based on my experience and how they handled the process, I, I just find that it was a poor way to engage with people. Okay, so some of you out there are saying, well, that's just the way it is, Aaron. You need to suck it up and deal with it. And so let me list out some of these objections. Every Everyone else does it this way. And yeah, that's kind of true. Pretty much everyone does do it that way. And that doesn't make it right. That doesn't make it professional. That doesn't make it good. So why would we accept that? Why does anybody accept that? Why would you want to take good talent and say, mm, sucks for you this time. Don't call back. That's essentially what you're saying. They decided no. Don't call back. When the tides turn and it is more of a buyer's market for the talent, uh, these people are going to be scrounging. How are you going to treat people now? You have, to, you have to take a look at the changes in the dynamics of the work demands versus resources. There's going to be a time where resources are going to be scarce and um, they're going to want to maintain the best uh, for all these areas. So uh, you're not going to want your recruitment processes to be like that. Objection number two, recruiters are just too busy with all the applicants they get to do anything else. They don't have the time to spend with discards. And yeah, maybe. And I'll just say, but that's kind of doubtful. It's it's definitely not true everywhere. I mean, it's not like every company is hiring all the freaking time. They, they really aren't. Um, and if you've really taken the time to meet somebody in person, your relationship really goes beyond that canned email. I can see the canned email if... Maybe you didn't make it past the initial screening, or maybe the, the you didn't pass the initial automated testing. They say, okay, rejected, 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 no, yes, no, whatever. But if you've really gone to the point of meeting a person and then basically introducing them to your family, essentially is what, what they've done, uh, you, you've, you're past the point of a, of a candy mail. You can reject in an email for sure. But it has to be somewhat personalized, and and it can't be from a do not reply kind of mailbox. That's like that's like a that's like getting broken up with via a text message from a burner phone. It's you know have some class. 
have some class. So you have to forgive me. I just watched uh, last week, tonight, whatever it's called, with John Oliver. And that's like getting broken up with via text message from a burner phone. Have some class. Yeah, that's my awful British accent. <laughs> Jacob, I need you back. <laughs> E6S Methods Podcast, brought to you by E6S Industries. Join us on our website at www.e6s-methods.com. Journey through success. This episode of the E6S Methods Podcast is brought to you by me. That's right. No one is paying me for these podcasts, not even you. So do me a favor. Go to my website and check it out. If you see something you like and you can use, buy it. If you don't see anything you like, then don't buy it. But do send me a message and let me know what you would buy if it were available. Go ahead and check us out at www.e6s-methods.com. Thanks a lot. So let's talk about option uh, objection number three. Companies do this to avoid liabilities and Honestly, I just call complete bullshit on this. I, th- I think it's a complete cop-out. And if you really can't trust people to communicate without jeopardizing the company legally, you just not have, you just haven't hired the right people. If they are, if they are competent to make that initial phone call to welcome somebody to the opportunity of interviewing, then they certainly are competent enough to reject somebody either with a phone call or with a more personalized email. This canned email stuff, that's not saving anybody. If you are in the business of not really being an equal opportunity employer, that canned email is not savvy, is not saving you. It really only is one reason for that canned rejection letter, and that's the discomfort of delivering the bad news. Too many hiring managers, they're hiding behind the recruiters to deliver the bad news in order to save face themselves. But the recruiters, honestly, they don't even have enough information to answer any questions the candidate might have in some sort of response. Um, you know, you know, I'm a big fan of manager tools, managertools.com. They say the hiring manager should always deliver that news, should deliver the, the good news and the bad news. Don't hide behind a recruiter. Your relationship is with the hiring manager and the recruit. And that is who should be doing, frankly, they should be doing the initial screening. Stop hiding behind the recruiter. It's extremely inefficient. The recruiter never knows what to screen for. They're just asking general questions and they're essentially over-processing. So we can, maybe we can talk, maybe we can do a little bit of a lean value stream mapping on process waste in the recruiting process. Or heck, if anybody's got a HR project out there that they've done, I think that would make a great episode. Give me a call. No, don't call me. Email me. But don't make it automated. That's like getting it broken up from a text message uh, from a burner phone. Mm, don't do that. So anyway, there's a contrast. I I know it would it'd be extremely surprising for most of you to hear that I've gotten, my friend has gotten rejected not only once, but at least twice in his or her search for greater employment and greater money. You know, I think I think we've expressed uh, a grandchild and a new house coming into their life, which raised expenses significantly. So there is much need for greater income. So uh, don't feel bad. I mean, I'm good. I actually have 
turn down other opportunities that were very promising because of uh, location uh, issues. But uh, so I'm not hurting for cash. I'm not like unemployed or anything. Or my, you know, oh, forget it. We'll just give up the farce. I think you got it. I think you got, it's me. It's me. I'm getting rejected. However, so I wouldn't have even had this episode. It, it just came on me today because I got a different form of rejection today from uh, from a company, a company that I really wanted to work with, and I thought it was gonna thought it was gonna work out. But I, I only had that impression after one thirty minute phone call with a recruiter and one thirty minute phone call with the hiring manager. That's it. I mean, I had nothing else to go on. It was something that I really wanted because it uh, it's the geography of the position. The, it didn't require relocation, and it had a lot of freedom in terms of how and where uh, to spend my time. So, although I was rejected, I was impressed by how I was rejected. And that's the whole reason I did this episode, was just to do a contrast between how it shouldn't be, the tally no that I just talked about, and how it could be. And this is how it could be. Take a listen. Aaron, hello. It's calling from about one o'clock um, here in the East uh, on Monday. Um, wanted to get back to you and let you know that um, decided to pursue a different candidate. You did very well, uh, but the the um, candidate pool ended up to be very competitive. Um, so um, he he was able to focus on someone who had a little bit more of um, directly related, you know, packaging material type experience. Again, you did very well, and I'd be delighted to contact you again uh, when something else develops. Okay, so um, if you'd like, you can certainly call me back. You don't need to. Uh, you can shoot me a quick email uh, that you received this message, um, and um, I sure hope uh, that the opportunity presents itself again to reach out to you. Thank you so much, Aaron, for all your time and consideration. Of I hope we get a chance to talk again one day. Thanks. All right. So I've listened to that voicemail a number of times. I've emailed the recruiter back and thanked her for how she dealt with it. It took one minute and nine seconds of her time to leave a really classy response to a, to a candidate that was not going to be pursued. Why not? Why not? So I, did, I you know, I mentioned I've only had basically an hour of interaction with the company as a whole. And they still took the time to make a personalized rejection. Now, to be fair, I did get a rejection email earlier. I got it last week. So that's why this call was really out of the blue. I just let it go to voicemail. I didn't recognize the number. It was really out of the blue because I, I knew I didn't really have any prospect out there anymore. So um, so I did get a, a, an email from them, from the uh, Do Not Reply email account. But it's even still, it I didn't realize it was a do not reply email account until I tried to reply because it was so well crafted in this automated email that I thought it was personal. It had the signature line of the actual uh, actual HR director, not the same woman, but the actual HR director signature line. And I went to reply. I was like, I'm, I was going to reply. Thank you for personalizing this rejection email. And then when I had to reply, it was that's when I realized it was uh, system generated and uh, do not reply. But even their do not reply system generated email felt personal. That's that's an important touch in my opinion. But this uh, recruiter went above and beyond in my opinion. Highly personal voicemail, one minute, nine seconds of her time, and for me it made total difference on whether or not I would 
re-engage with that company? And uh, the answer is, hell yes, I would. And that person, in my mind, is putting human back into human resources. And I would call her an HR professional. You know, welcome back. We've missed you. Stay long. Invite your friends. We need more just like you. So to this woman, I say, tally yes. Thanks for listening to episode 197 of the E-Success Methods podcast. Don't forget to click like or dislike for this episode in the show notes. Tap click done. If you have a question, comment, or advice, leave a note in the comment section or contact us directly. Feel free to email me, Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at esuccess-methods.com or on our website. We reply to all messages. If you heard something you like, then leave a review or share us with a friend. Didn't like what you heard? Join our LinkedIn group and tell us why. Don't forget you can find notes and graphics for all shows and more at www.esuccess-methods.com. Journey through success. If you're not climbing up, you're falling down.